and welcome to episode 238 of SMARTS, which as you know stands for... Sexist messages are regretfully termination stimuli. Wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> Good one. Whoa. I am your host, Julia Gulia of Internet Fame Dash Podcaster, and with me as always is Trevor, aka Rudiger Q Podcaster. Hello. I'm really testing the pop filter on this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Your acronym has everything to do with some of the news today. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. So, well, okay, so I'm, we're going off script because I had things in a slightly different order. Oh, I'm we, sorry. I'm we sorry. We can do it that way. Okay. Your, your segue has now been interrupted. Sorry. Um, yeah. So Hartley Sawyer, who plays Ralph Dibney on The Flash, has been fired from the show after, uh, I guess what you can really only call like sexist and misogynist. And I'm not sure if there were some, some racist stuff there. There were some I'm racist not sure. things in there too. I, didn't, yeah. I only read a couple of them. Um social media posts that he made like the better part of a decade ago and has since deleted um resurfaced mm -hmm. in some form by somebody um and then he was fired from the show and he's issued a statement saying you know he accepts the decision of the network that he regrets any you know yeah he, you know consternation or or ill feelings he's may have caused that he regrets posting them that he was a different person back then and he's you know worked hard to Live that stuff better, down, yeah. but he completely understands. And you know, the show, the showrunner issued a statement saying, you know, why that they why they were taking the step. And then Grant Gustin came forward and supported the showrunner. So it seems to have gone as smoothly as these things can go. Yeah. But obviously, it's a bit of a shock to everybody. Um, it's going to be kind of jarring in the context of the show, given the way the last season ended. Um, it's sort of a one-two punch because I have to think that if the show had been able to finish its planned storyline that wouldn't have been part of the cliffhanger. The whole Ralph and Sue thing probably would have been more or less resolved, and the cliffhanger, if there was one, would have been something more Barry-oriented, right? Mm -hmm. um, but now there's this thing hanging out there, right? And they're going to have to deal with it. So next season, they're just going to say that he, you know, he died on the way back to his home planet or something. I'm yeah. not sure exactly how they're going to handle it, but they've got a while to figure that out, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's too bad. I can't imagine they're going to recast because he's been you know, on the show for like three years at this point now, and it would be too, it would be too weird. Um, so I think they're just going to have to write him off off screen and say that he's been, say that he, you know, he, he retired. I mean, you could either, you could either have something happen to him and Sue takes up his cause mm -hmm. and joins Team Flash, or you could have, you could say the two of them left to start a life together or something. And, right. but, but then that'd be kind of suck, that kind of suck for that actress too, that she got caught in the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the slipstream of his, I know, of I know. his, uh, flame out there to mix metaphors and is no longer allowed to be on the show just because, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just because there's, there's storylines in the comics well, are so could, tightly. I mean, maybe they could have a little bit of both. They could say they went off to be together, but then like half a season later, she comes back and says, you know, mm -hmm. I've, I've, this was too important. I had to come back and help you guys. And Ralph is holding down the fort and wherever our little private investigator firm that we've set up in, yeah. in Opal City. But I had to come back and help you guys out or something. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, they could they'll they'll figure out what to do. And, you know, it's too bad because I think he was he was a very likable, charismatic guy in the show. And he seemed like a good guy. And it's not to say he's not a good guy, but obviously he wasn't such a good guy <laughs> seven yeah. or eight years ago. But he's hopefully grown since then. Um, so it's too bad. Yeah. This, this is they're not they're not having the best of luck with uh, with interseason casting mm -hmm. issues on these shows, are they? Yeah, um, seriously. And, and along those lines, we've got a bit more information on what Batwoman is going to do. So okay. you know most of this already. I actually think I read this over your shoulder. 
And you well, didn't we, know that we I talked knew, about a little of this before because we uh, were theor- we were hypothesizing. We weren't well, sure. Well, so we basically we haven't talked about this since the last time we recorded. So, and this is some of this is a little older, but we've known for a little while now. But we haven't talked about it on the show that Batwoman is not going to recast mm-hmm. the Kate Kane role. They're going to cast this new character. Um, who the casting notices refer to as Ryan Wilder, which is not a character name from the comics. Either mm-hmm. that's just cover and it's going to end up being, mm-hmm. I don't know who, whatever, Renee Montoya or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or they're just creating a new character, which would be something they could do and have mm-hmm. done before with mm-hmm. other characters on these shows. It would be the first time they that the lead of a show is mm-hmm. an original character. Although I guess technically you could argue that Sarah Lance is the lead of Legends of Tomorrow and she's an original character. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's not wholly without precedent. Um, This character is apparently going to be, you know, she's going to have a background in, she's going to be a fighter. You know, she'll be able to take care of herself, but she's a bit more of a mess. She's not quite so, um, I mean, Kate Kate could be a bit of a mess at times, but she had this whole military training and she did the whole travel the world learning skills and everything. She very much had a drive and a mission. Mm -hmm. This person is going to be kind of like, a bit of a wastrel, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but then gets a fire lit under or by something that happens. Some there's some stuff has come out recently that indicates maybe that they've been hinting at the scarecrow mm-hmm. having a thing on the show, like they had the the fear talks in a couple of times last season. Mm-hmm. That the scarecrow will somehow be responsible for the death of someone she loves, and that will inspire her. And she'll like Batwoman has disappeared. It's been yeah. months or whatever, and yeah. so she's like, okay, I'm going to become the new Batwoman. Mm-hmm. I'm a lesbian too, so I was already kind of inspired by her, but I'm going to take up this mantle and mm-hmm. and get revenge. And then, you know, I guess Luke and Mary find, find her, this person? and they're like, yeah. well, it's... Uh, you, uh, that, don't you want to do it legit by the book, and then they show her maybe the Maybe she steals and the suit, and it's like it's kind of like a Batman Beyond thing, where she steals the suit, oh, but then they're like, oh, clever. you know what? How? She actually kind of knows what she's doing, so right. let's let her do, do her thing, and, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, so it's interesting that they're going that way. At first, I think you you were a little um, unconvinced that that casting and that having a new character instead of recasting the Kate Kane role right. was the way to go. But I felt like it was probably smart because it's weird. Like it would be weird to recast. Like the 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 showrunner yes, referred to it as it like would it would be the soap opera move. Is you just bring yeah. in a different actor and nobody talks <laughs> yeah. about it? You know it what is I mean? The soap opera move. Or you wink at the camera once. You have some so funny line yeah. and then you don't talk about like, it. Right? Hey, did you change but your I, hair? Yeah. But I think that. I mean, there's pros and cons to both aspects. Obviously, the Kate Kane character is very deeply in, enmeshed in the web of relationships on the show. Yes. Like everybody on the show is either yep. an ex-lover of hers or a relative of hers or yep. someone who used to work for or a, or a family relative Fred, of hers. Yeah. Whereas this is going to be a completely new person, so nobody's going to have any ties to this new person at, at all. all. She's mm-hmm. just going to have to. She's just going to start hanging out with everybody that Kate and came it'll knew. be yeah all of a sudden so it's going to be a, it's going to be a little weird but that does leave you with it, a lot it avoids, of flexibility it avoids certain things yeah. it avoids like okay if we need to have a flashback we then have to like we would have to have this new person play Kate in the flashbacks which would be weird yeah it, it also leaves the door open potentially for Ruby Rose to return for in, a guest, in a guest appearance or, something. Yeah. or something in the future yeah there were rumors that they were going to ha- kill Kate off off screen and okay. have that be a thing a mystery but yeah. then they the 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 show has issued a statement, actually went so far as to issue a statement refuting that, saying, no, we're not going to kill her off off screen. Right. So I think they're just going to have her 
they retire must have or a good, leave yeah. the city for something. And then it becomes like kind of a mystery. Is she still out there? Is she ever coming back? And, and yeah. maybe she will, maybe she won't. But. I think that's a really nice um, gesture on the behalf of the studio. It shows that they actually did have a, what you call an amicable breakup because it means that they respect Ruby Rose's performance and the, the studio's relationship with her enough to leave that door open for her, which is big, you know, because they're in an easy position to, they're the best and the easiest path for a writer to take would be to kill her off off screen but they're they're deliberately saying no that's the one thing we're definitely not going to do because that would shut the door for us all collaborating with ruby rose again and we're not going to close that door because she's she's worth leaving it open for which i think is um is a very nice compliment and a really nice thing of them to do so that speaks to their relationship i think it's indicative of good good vibes between them despite the you know, break up. And having a new character does open up a bunch of new story possibilities. Like her relationship with some of the other yeah. these other characters could, could be, be very different. different. They could use it as an opportunity to introduce new supporting characters mm-hmm. that are related to this person. Yep. It also kills the whole uh, love triangle thing going on because now uh, Julia Pennyworth. Well, we and, don't know that. She might well, find herself smitten oh. with one or both of these women. Also, <laughs> she might right? flirt with them. Yeah, that's okay. At that's a certain true. point, it's just weird if she if she just slips in and she's all of a sudden she's Luke's new friend and she becomes right. a surrogate daughter to Jacob and a surrogate sister, sister to Mary yeah. and she falls in love with Julia and Sophie. Like yeah. at a certain point, that's it what I'm saying. Ridiculous. Like, right. They can choose maybe one or two of those, but not all of them. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Give but her something that, different. I think, I think it'll open that. up. Right. I think it'll be interesting to see her forge these relationships too because. Having a noob come in, having a new person be there, their dynamics are being established, and you don't know what it's going to be because it could be anything. I think the idea of having the the lead in a sh- one of these shows, I mean, obviously, superhero comics are replete with examples of a mantle being passed on. That's never really happened with Batwoman, but it's happened in for pretty much everything else. Um, I think it's an inter- I think it's a, an interesting thing to happen to one of these shows, although it wasn't really of their own choosing. It's almost too bad that it had to like. If after five years, Grant mm-hmm. Gustin wanted to leave the Flash and they promoted Wally to be the new Flash, like happened in the comics, right? That would almost seem more natural. But after one season, it just seems like she barely, Kate barely got started. It's jarring, you know. Right. And obviously, it's not what they would have chosen to do. I think that I think that they they should just completely mash it, where like the the philosophy they had on Mash. And I, I remember reading this also about Cheers, but which were like the two sitcoms I watched growing up. So those are my reference points. I think it was more true of Mash, is that when they had a character leave the show on Mash, they made sure that the character they brought in to replace them was the polar opposite. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, it's just you know, right. it's it's just the same thing, and it feels cheap, right? So yep. when they had Henry Blake, who was a bit of a buffoon, yep leave the show they brought in colonel potter who was career military and was a little bit more hard-nosed of course he softened up over time right when they had frank burns leave the show who was a screw-up and a and whiny and and petulant they brought in charles winchester who was upper upper crust mm-hmm. very confident very an actual good surgeon mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and they to switch it up like do something new with the show so i, I obviously they want to keep batwoman as a lesbian obviously you mm-hmm. know eventually if they had to do this again and again it would seem ridiculous it is just like a rotating parade of lesbians coming through the costume right yeah. but you do it once it, it's believable especially i bet now they're glad that they had that plot point where she batwoman came out publicly because now the idea that she's a lesbian could actually have inspired this other person to come out to her family or to do whatever right mm-hmm. so she could serve as an inspiration in that in that way too um but i think they should so you they want to keep that and they are going to keep that they're mm-hmm. going to cast 
an actress who is queer and they're going to keep this new character is going to be queer. Right. But I think they should take the opportunity. And it sounds like from what they said about how this new character is like a bit of a mess, like she lives in her, she lives in her car or whatever, and she, her life is in pieces and this, this new thing gives her direction. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. I think that they should. I, I, I would be interesting if they also cast an actress of color, mm-hmm. which I, is, is the rumor that this actress, whose name I can't remember, who's currently on Riverdale and was actually which is also on the CW and the CW shows love bringing over people from other mm-hmm. CW shows like point at pretty much any actor that joined one of these shows after a couple of seasons they odds are they were tapped from another CW show they just do it all the time yeah um, an actress on uh, Riverdale that that actually spoke out recently with the whole Black Lives Matter thing um, and talked about how expressed her frustrations with with network TV shows about how black how about how black characters are often just token characters yeah. just there to like support the white characters and how their storylines are lesser than and often involve them dealing with crime or drugs instead mm-hmm. of the more you know I don't know what you want to call it straight laced or or, ins- yeah. or inspirational or aspirational storylines right. that the exactly. white characters get yeah um, so she's been you know stirring it up a little bit over there but. Um, and she she actually openly said that she would like to play this role. And then there were reports that they were actually in talks with her. And I don't know how real how true that is or not. Mm-hmm. But she is an actress of color and she's openly gay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be what they do. And oh. I think that, so. I mean, if they if pick someone, you know, someone who who looks different, who has a, the character has a different background, right. has a different attitude. Yep. I think that's smart. You don't just pick another like rake thin, right, short haired white woman with yeah. an attitude. Exactly. You know, like. You have an opportunity to do something very different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, go I, for it. That can work. I mean, every Robin has been a teenage white boy with black hair, right? Yeah. And there's been Despite like five their, of them. I know. And Except for Stephanie and Brown. And last time there was never a forget, movement hashtag too. Hashtag never forget Stephanie Brown. Hilarious. No, but there was um there was a movement to cast Dick Grayson. Uh, I, I don't, I like the guy that they cast for the show. Um, Oh God, what was the show? God. Titans? Yes, thank you, Titans. There was a huge movement before they cast that role to go for well, a, a Romani I actor think, or I think at the least movement was like more mix- for the, the long gestating live action movie that is may or may may, may not may happen. Or may, may be not still happening oh, okay. with the way the, the Batman movie franchise well, has kind still. of been rebooted. But yeah. No, I think, I think it was, was applied to both. I think that's the hope that the, the fans in a particular that contingent of the fans that. hope that every time. Yeah. But I think it was the director or the, who was going to be the director of the Nightwing movie said that that was his goal to cast someone of that. Whereas mm-hmm. I think the people doing Titans never really yeah. tipped their hat in that direction. But but anyway, yeah, I mean, obviously that's, you're right. That is, and, and Damian Wayne is half, not sure, half... Arabic is that the proper like you know what I mean because the Al Ghul side of the um, family is Middle Eastern typically maybe? presented as being darker skinned yeah but that Middle Eastern is not a race you know what I mean it's no a, but anyway, I mean I don't want to I, I don't want to get in get in any hot water here but yeah. typically the 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 people that the artists that put the most thought into Damian Wayne draw him he doesn't look white he doesn't just look like right. another white woman. exactly His skin is slightly darker and facial so features are same thing with different. Talia and same thing yeah. with yeah racial but anyway yeah so, so yeah, I think that they should go with someone a little different. So whether they cast this actress from Riverdale or not, I don't know. Yeah. Um, or if they cast someone else. But it, I think it would be smart to go with someone who's, who's mm-hmm. different. I think that's a good idea. I agree. But that's it for our news. That's a lot of great news. So um, what was your comic of the week? So this week I picked... Crap. I told you this morning and I you forgot by then. Crap. <laughs> issue number 14. Terrible. <laughs> oh, no. Issue number two. Oh, I should... The joke was right a stand, there. A standing stories and crap. Number 14. <laughs> Oh no. Oh, I can do this. Tales to defecate. <laughs> Brett, 
<laughs> oh, bathroom banter. Um, Far sector number six. Thank you. <laughs> I thought you were making up another crab joke. <laughs> I was like, far sector. Fart oh, sector. Oh, fart sector. There you go. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Coming back to the comic of the week. Far sector number six is an amazing, amazing, amazing story. The art continues to be just mind-blowingly gorgeous. Um, I mean, seriously, there were panels in here that just made me well up with tears because of how expressive and wonderful they are. Um, I love the this script in particular had some really wonderful one-liners about um, social commentary in it, which was even more delicious. It's just and the story is continuing to unfold in a really interesting way. It's laying down a lot of brickwork in terms of the personal relationships between these uh, characters and the political landscape, as well as the plot of the actual mystery of where all these murders murders are being. Uh, gen what, what the genesis of all of this is um it's it continues to just draw me in and it's really good and i don't mind that it's a little on the slow pace side because again the character work is so just fabulous um so oh man oh man it's just such a good comic guys get on that okay just get on it what, what did you pick so i picked action comics number 1022 oh awesome. i really enjoyed this one because it's it's the long-awaited um Connor and Superman sit down and figure out where the heck he came from and how he's going to fit into things yeah. issue, which everybody's been waiting for for like a year and a half since Bendis brought him back in Young Justice. Yeah. Um, and we don't really get a lot of answers here. I mean, we kind of been able to piece together why he's here and, and so on um, from what, things we've seen in Young Justice about how he survived, you know, flat, you know, why he persisted after Flashpoint and Rebirth and all that stuff. So it doesn't really matter if we get a lot more clarification on that. But it's just interesting stuff here. Like he gets to meet John for the first time. John yeah. comes back and then they all, all, the, all the Kent boys go back to the Kent farm. We get to see Monpa Kent again. We haven't seen them very often since they were brought back in Doomsday Clock. So it's always nice to see them again. And there's a nice scene where they get to catch up with John and, mm -hmm. and they see Connor again and they recognize him. Mm -hmm. And everybody gets all teary because he had such a nice life with them and he was like he was almost like their second son right because they they didn't raise him for nearly as long as they raised clark but there were probably i mean in real time there were years there but for them i don't know maybe like a couple of years where he lived on the farm with them and went to high school and went off to uh have adventures with the teen titans on the weekends so you know they they spent a lot of time with him and he was very important to them he was like you know a second son to them and mm -hmm. so it's such a nice moment that they remember him and everybody has a big has a big cry and Superman's left a little befuddled why he's the only one that doesn't seem to remember him because Young Justice remembers him and mm -hmm. now his family remembers him. But I mean, if we don't get any more explanation, I'm just going to chalk it up to the fact that, you know, well, it's weird. I mean, there's a lot of this going on in Lois Lane too, right? Like some people remember, you know, like yeah. there was a the whole thing about I remember. You know, oh, yeah. with Renee and Lois. Like some people mm -hmm. remember their, their other, their, the previous reality and yeah. others don't. And some people can be, Sometimes, like, if you t touch someone who's from that other reality, right. it comes back to you. Right. But other times, you just need to see the person. And it's like, that's fine. I mean, I don't... Yeah. I, I personally, I you know, we talked about this when we were talking about Doomsday Clock and everything. Personally, I would have been happy if everything came back. Mm -hmm. They kind of stopped short of doing that. They brought back the Legion, the Justice Society. You know, Dr. Manhattan's changes were largely undone. But they they didn't go quite all the way and say, okay, pretend the New 52 never happened. That's fine. It's You can just reintroduce elements here here and there as needed mm -hmm. and you know characters that like renee montoya was better before the reboot because she was the question and all the stuff that greg rucker did with her through detective comics mm -hmm. 52 gotham central 
his question miniseries, his Batwoman series, like that was that's the definitive version of the character. So Greg Rucka wants to come back to that character and say, yeah, she remembers all that. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it too much. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I don't care, you know, because it's better than the Renee Montoya that we'd we'd had in the New Fifty Two, where she was, you know, she was the same character more or less, but she didn't have any of those life experiences. Yeah. she was just on the police force joking around with Harvey Bullock and she had a will they won't they thing with Batwoman and that was pretty much it. I mean, yep. She was the same character but you know a person is the sum total of, it, of their yeah. life experiences. It's like when they you know don't get me started again but it's like when they said oh the Titans the, the Teen Titans were never a thing. Nightwing was never it's like if Nightwing wasn't Robin in the Teen Titans, like that, first of all, the, that was know, a formative that's experience. So yeah. much of his character. Yeah. That's how he learned to be a leader. That's how mm-hmm. he learned to be a team player. That's why he became, it's how he became Nightwing mm-hmm. was in the pages of New Teen Titans when they went to go rescue his teammates from Deathstroke during the Judas contract. Yep. Like that was the whole thing. Like he was going to, he, he was, he stopped this close of, to, to marrying Starfire. Like they got to the altar. Like these were important development yeah anyway don't get me started with all that so (laughs) anyway so i like you know we've said a million times before i like it when they bring this stuff back it's it's heartwarming to see this reunion see these characters Mm -hmm. share their history again and it looks like going forward there's been covers that have been released for future issues where it's you know clark and john and connor and kara Mm -hmm. um all there and lois is there and it's like uh the house of kent or whatever they you know they this call on the cover but I think that's nice. You know, you can have all these characters together. And, mm-hmm. you know, with, with John being off in the future with the Legion, you know, mm-hmm. Connor can be Superboy now in the present with Young Justice and it's not, not treading on toes, kind of like the whole, then the kind of the way it does where Tim had to become Drake mm-hmm. in this weird brown costume, which I'm not really a fan of because Damien is Robin now. Like, yeah. it would have been, I was fine when they were both, just call them both Robin. Like, nobody yeah. cares. You've got like three flashes at any given time. There yeah. can't be two Robins. I don't think anybody <laughs> would have cared, but whatever. I think the corporate people want there to be different, yeah, different tra- entities, trademarks, trademarks, and different action and yeah. figures, and different, you know what I mean? Yeah, different true. royalty payments. So well, yeah. that's fine. But I, but I enjoyed that issue for that reason. Yep. So should we move on to your pop quiz? I'm ready. So because of things that have been happening in Star Girl, I'm going to quiz you about Wildcat. Oh. The, the, the original, the original, the original, not Ted, the Wikipedia that they were reading from. The original okay. Ted Grant yeah. version of Wildcat. Okay. All I right. want to freeze from that. I wonder if that literally is just like a text dump of the actual Wikipedia page, <laughs> but with like some words adjusted to make it sound as if it's like pertaining to real life events and not a fictional. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, you wouldn't have to change much. You would just have to no. remove the sentences created by. and You know what I mean? All right. Number one. This is all multiple choice just for your convenience. Number one. In what year did Wildcat debut? Was it 19? First of all, do you have a guess before I give you the options? Um, you get super bonus points if you get the year right without me even giving you the options. I I almost want to say 1941. That's my guess. Do you guess. want to say 1941? Well, before you give me the options. Okay, you're very you're very close, but no, that's not that's not it. So the options are 1940, 1942, 1946, or 1950. 46. No, it's 42. Oh, I was so close. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, if you thought about it, I mean. The well, J- the JSA. I thought the JSA was for World War Two, right? And Wildcat was in the JSA, so right. they couldn't, he couldn't have debuted after World War II. Sorry, I thought that it, I, I honestly I thought that the JSA debuted in '46. No. Okay, so I was wrong. Yeah. All right, <laughs> number two. Yeah. And what comic did he first appear? Action Comics number one, which was also the first appearance of Superman. Detective Comics number twenty-seven, which was also the first appearance of Batman. Sensation Comics number one, which which was the first Wonder Woman solo series, or Flash Comics number one, which was the first appearance of the Flash. Ooh. 
Um, what was the third option again? Sensation Comics number one. Which was the first appearance of? It was not the first appearance of Wonder Woman. It reprinted the first appearance of Wonder Woman. It was the first Wonder Woman headline series in the same way that Action Comics was a Superman headline series. I'm going to go with that one. Yes. Wildcat yeah. was a backup feature in Sensation Comics all throughout the 40s and into the 50s. Just because I triangulated the debut of those other characters that you said. Oh, because Action mm-hmm. was 38, Detective was 39, and Flash that's Comics where, was that's how 40, I, did it. I think. That's yeah. how I hacked it, yeah. Yeah. Number three, mm-hmm. which famous creator co-created Wildcat? Ooh. Jerry Siegel, Joe Schuster, Bill Finger, or Jack Kirby? I thought it was a Kirby creation. Okay, I'm going to say Jack Kirby. And no, hope. it was Bill Finger. It was? Bill Finger and Erwin so, Hasten, I believe, was the name of the artist that oh, created Wildcat. okay. Now, Jack Kirby didn't create any Golden Age DC characters except for, like, Guardian and the Newsboy Legion. He created co-created Captain America, but for that was for a timely later Marvel comics around right. that time. Yeah. He did do some DC work on Sandman and then on for Captain Marvel, but that wasn't owned by DC at the time. Um, but those were more like revamps or picking up later in the run. He didn't he didn't originate those characters. Bill Finger uh, was the originating writer on Wildcat though. Yeah. All right. Number four. In King it's Kingdom Comics I wrote here. That's not right. In Kingdom <laughs> Come I think it auto autocorrected you. You think you, you wouldn't think it would autocorrect Kingdom Come? That's a phrase. Anyway, yeah. in Kingdom Come, Wildcat appears as an elderly man with a cane, an actual cat, a were panther, or identical to his current incarnation. I thought it was identical. Is that your? Yeah, that's answer? my guess. No, he was a were panther. Okay, I'm I'm just I'm done. <laughs> no, I didn't remember that at all. A were panther. Yes. Uh, hard no. <laughs> all right, number five. Which which of these is not true about Wildcat? He has nine lives. He had an affair with Hippolyta. His mentor was named Soccer Smith. Or he had a comedic sidekick named Doiby Dickles. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, that's Doiby Dickles. Oh my god, no. Doiby Dickles. Oh, does he run the Kentucky Doiby? <laughs> I bet you that's real. Um, I was going to go for the cat, uh, the the nine lives thing, but they keep referencing it. And I don't remember him dying or anything like that. I don't know much about this character, but I'm going to guess that he didn't have an affair with Hippolyta. So that's my guess. No, that one is true. What? It was later established that the reason why he's still alive in the (laughs) 21st century is because he was cursed with nine lives at some point. Uh, he did have an affair with Apolita uh, when she was sent back in time and became the Wonder Woman that fought alongside the JSA, which is how they later retconned oh. the fact that there was a Wonder Woman in the 1940s. Okay. Uh, the guy that taught him to box was indeed named Soccer Smith. Uh, there was a character named Doiby Dickles, but it was the Alan, Scott's, the Alan Scott Green Lantern's comedic sidekick. I see, not, I see. Not Wildcats. <laughs> Although Wildcat did have a comedic sidekick, as did literally every superhero I'm in sure. the 1940s. I'm sure. I'm not surprised. But he surprised. was not Doiby Dickles. I can't remember what his name was. All right. Number six. In what TV show did Wildcat not appear? Okay. Smallville, Batman the Animated Series, Justice League Unlimited, or Arrow? Ooh. Hang on a sec. Oh, no. Um... I think it was Batman the Animated Series. I don't think he appeared there. I think he appeared in the other one, the one that followed that. What was the third option that you said? Justice League Unlimited? Yeah, that's where I think he appeared. Yes, correct. 
Okay. So Smallville, he had a he had a small appearance in the episode with the Justice Society Arrow. I mean, technically, you could say the Wildcat didn't appear, but Ted Grant was a minor recurring character in like season two or season three right. or something. As like some twenty five year old pretty he, boy. He got no. He Wildcat did appear and he got knocked out. We were we were kind of angry at that. Do you remember I this? Mean, you, like I, he got I the short I shrift. Even call that Wildcat. No, right. that was that I, was really bad. And then he was in that one awesome JLU episode voiced by Dennis Farina from. Uh, I remember that. What was it? But what was I, it from a million cop shows. I'm very impressed with myself that I was able to distinguish Batman the Animated Series and. The other thing. Well, Batman the Animated Series had almost no cameos from other superheroes. Right. Was Zatanna the only one? At least until they did the the new adventures when they Mm -hmm. had like Etrigan showed up once and Superman appeared a couple times. Yeah, Jason Blood was cool. Jonah Hex. There was the Jonah Hex episode, if you want to call that a superhero, and the Zatanna episode. But I think that was it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So very good. You got a couple two. of Two. <laughs> I got two out of however many you asked. All right. So now our show. So we have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We have the season finale of Legends of Tomorrow. We have another episode of Harley Quinn. And we have got a couple of episodes of Stargirl that we watched since last time. Yeah. So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This continues to be a lot of fun. So this seems like the last episode in this particular time period. Mm-hmm. Because everybody, with the exception of Enoch, is jumped forward at the end. Um, Enoch gets left behind to 10 bar for Patton Oswalt. Yep. Um, and, you know, everything goes according to history. Hydra is going to be, I guess, not formed. Hydra is going to, you know, all the things that we know they're going to do. You know, the, the Malik family is going to take part in it. Um, I thought all that was interesting with Daisy, you know. Yeah, I thought it was to, great. To telling um, Deke to take the shot and take the guy out and Deke not wanting I was, to do it. And, I was surprised. I was surprised that she would want to do that. Hmm. Yeah, but that's—I feel like that's in character. That is, she's yeah. always, she's always been sort of a shoot from the hip, mm-hmm. rebel kind of character. Fix it, right? fix it now. I yeah. actually think, and 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 the actress has said that one of the things she likes about where the character is in this final season is that she feels like it's a good summation of all the different um, versions of herself versions that were there. That she's yeah. played. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's aspects of her in this last season that hark back to like the sort of the sky, the, 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 the renegade, anar- the, the anarchist mm-hmm. from the first season. Um, yeah. And then there's element. Then there's like the superhero elements, yep. and the you know the more like loner elements, and also the the team player martial artist elements. Yep. And she kind of gets to play all of those. Yeah, the leader type. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that she's a very very well rounded, fleshed out character, and and you're absolutely right. I think, and the actress is absolutely right. I it's, mean, it's it's nice because it feels like a very earned persona it's too bad we're probably never going to see any of these characters again yeah marvel, marvel I know. tv is dead but i mean wouldn't <laughs> no. like a, wouldn't like a quake disney plus series God. be awesome but i just don't think it's going to happen write some I think, letters write i think that letters. this is the last yeah. hurrah for the marvel tv era and mm-hmm. everything from now on is going to be like pretend none of that ever happened it's all marvel studios yeah. stuff, right and i'm and the overall you know the average quality of the shows might well be higher but it's it's too bad that i kind of feel like in some ways they're flushing the baby out yeah. of the bathwater exactly if they don't bring back some of these characters. I mean, it wouldn't be entirely unprecedented because there was that blink and you'll miss it cameo from Edwin Jarvis mm-hmm. in Endgame. Mm-hmm. But that was just because the writers of Infinity War and Endgame were also the showrunners of the Agent Carter TV series. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't think any of the upcoming Disney Plus shows have that same link to any mm-hmm. of the old TV shows. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's too bad. But yeah, I think this so far this is proving to be a lot of fun. Yep. And and I think we're going to jump forward to like the 50s or something now. So, And I feel like they're going to find Enoch there, right? It's going to be like, it wouldn't be the first time. Isn't that, isn't that what happened to him the first time we found him? He, he spent like 200 years sitting in that spaceship with 
with cryogenically frozen fits until the time was right for him to make his move, right? Yep. Wouldn't be the first time he took the long way around to meet up with our heroes Yeah, in the exactly. Future, right? Exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. So the season finale of Legends, this mm-hmm. one's called Swan Thong. Um, <laughs> Doiby Dickles. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> I didn't know the title. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> Doiby oh, Dickles. Jesus. Um <laughs> But this was a great finale. I feel like the show has always had, well, maybe not, well, even the first season finale was pretty good. And that was like the lackluster Vandal Savage season. But that was actually a pretty good, if you're going to have a finale to that season, which kind of felt like the show didn't quite know what it wanted to be yet, even yeah. that was a pretty good finale. Um, but yeah, this was good. I mean, they get Charlie's whole arc kind of comes to a close. And that mm-hmm. actress is, in fact, leaving the show to pursue like some independent right. careers, like mm-hmm. a creator of independent films. Um and let's see what else. I thought that her ending was rather like, yep, and this is me. Bye. It was I mean, very short. It there was no lead I mean, up. Her, there was no her arc. Her arc came to came to a conclusion. I guess it you did. could say that doesn't necessarily mean that she couldn't stay on the show. Yeah. I mean, you just write another arc for her, right? I yeah. mean But so you're right. I mean. It does feel like, yeah, the, you could have cut out that scene where she says, "I'm not coming back to the ship with you guys," and right. the episode would have been exactly the exactly. same. Exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. I thought maybe that scene is what bothered me because it seemed so I'm I'm leaving here by I thought that maybe it could have been like um guys one second type of moment. I think that's what I was missing in terms of It didn't, it didn't of strike a, me as it didn't strike me as jarring. Yeah. I don't know. It just felt like a a very strange way to end a multi-year relationship with your but friends. But I think they know that she's going to they're, be around she's gonna pop back up back right up again. that's and true they'll, and they'll use her for guest appearances here and there i'm sure i mean it's just the way it goes with these shows nobody's ever gone from these shows for long they'll they'll bring them back yeah sometimes they come back as a regular yeah on, on that show or a different show sometimes they just show up as a you know in flashbacks or as a ghost or something or when the entire universe gets rebooted <laughs> they're suddenly right back, back where but they i mean were. doesn't she have stuff i mean didn't she have to like move out or did she just leave her stuff in there <laughs> eh, i don't know i don't know um but yeah, the, so that but that was the whole thing with the fates and the loom and everything mm-hmm. that all came to a came to a nice conclusion. Pretty awesome, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, Sarah gets her sight back yep. and her and loses her powers. All that's all that's done. Mm-hmm. Um, they we get one more fight with all the uh, all the encores, including yep. uh, I almost said Marie Curie. That's not it. Um, Marie Antoinette. Yes, including uh, Courtney Ford. That was for, great. For about Welcome 30 back. Seconds yeah. as, uh, as Marie Antoinette. Oh, not again. Yeah, yeah, really no, good. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun, and it you know it had it was heartfelt. The, all the stuff with Astra and her mother, you know, yeah. her sort of. So I, I don't know whether she's coming back or not. It, the way it was left, I think they kind of left it open ended. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't be surprising if the next season opened and she was still hanging out with them. But yep. by the same token, I think it would be completely believable if next season she just. You know, she's gone yeah. off to start a new life for herself or something. I, I don't recall seeing her mentioned next season. I do I do know that the. Uh, Unless the unless the blurb for next season was misleading, that the actor that plays uh, Berhad, mm-hmm. which um, who was only a recurring guest star this year, even yeah. though I feel like he was in the vast majority, he of was episodes, in a lot of episodes. Um, is going to be a regular next year. That's so I great. think the thing with him and Zari sharing the totem—that's yeah. the other thing—is the stuff with Zari. I guess we got to talk about. Yeah. Um, the two of them sharing the totem is going to be a thing next next season. Cool. Um, but the stuff with Zari, where at the last episode they were split into two aspects, mm-hmm. so she gets to have one more. Uh, night with nate but then she's got to go back into the totem because her continued presence is yada yada right time stream yeah messing up the time stream and causing 
Beira to, to die. To die gradually. Yeah. So she's got to go back in there. Um, you know, but at least they could trot her out. Like they could, you know, they could go inside the totem and talk to her again or she could appear yep. as a whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not, it's not like they'd have trouble getting a hold of the actress. Like, the actress is <laughs> yeah. still on the show. I think it would have been cool if they'd fuse them both. somehow. No. Well, I mean, you don't need to change it up every season. Like, let's get a chance to get to know this new version without mixing it up again, I feel like. But you could have Fair. still had her out there, but she maybe she leaves the ship to go, you know, explore this new timeline that's been created. Like, she returns to her time to spend mm. time with her family now, like her parents who were dead in the old timeline, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you could have explained it some other way instead of having having to have her go back in there. But, it, you know, it's a nice send-off for that character, even if we don't see her again, that version of the character. Yeah, man, how great is the actress? She she really acquits herself very, very clearly in even playing scenes against herself. Like, awesome. Just great. I mean, she's I'm a big fan. Yep. So Harley Quinn, this was a great episode. This one's oh. called Die Hard, but D-Y-E. Um, That's great. Yeah, so this is Harley kind of trying to work off her frustrations about what happened on Themyscira. Mm-hmm. Um, meets up with uh, the guy that used to be the Joker again. Yep. Meanwhile, Dr. Psycho kind of goes full on bad guy. Psycho, yeah. And uh, teams up with... Uh, a jacked na- up Rip. Rip Riddler. <laughs> and, and controls all the parademons that are left over from a couple of episodes ago. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, and attacks everybody. Yep. Sai uh, has to sacrifice himself so that Harley can get away. Harley and Jim Gordon fly in the bat plane. Got to get out of there. So mm-hmm. I guess Jim Gordon of... actually gets to fly the bat plane. So I guess now so we're setting up. Um... Batman is still healing. Well, yeah. So I guess like Doctor Psycho is now kind of the big bad of the season, and we're also like it's getting true. closer to presumably Poison Ivy's wedding, which is, I'm assuming is probably going to be season finale material, yeah. right? Um, whether they whether that yeah. whether that goes goes off or not. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's really good. It yeah, I'm re- really good. I'm just enjoying it so much. It's I love the back and forth. I love the witting witticisms. I love the oh the big one. She pushes Joker in because they right, needed right, right. to to she they needs, needed she to needs the Joker back because the Joker knows what what what, what the, happened what to what the, the fables J- went with the Justice League in it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man, that's so messed up. And he's not gonna he's not gonna fork over that information. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Ooh, lots going on. Yep. Yeah. So Stargirl, we've watched two episodes since the last one. So Icicle and Wildcat. Mm-hmm. Um, Icicle, we learn a lot about. Icicle. <laughs> Icicle and his family and his, his history. His backstory, yeah. I don't know what exactly what he's trying to do, except he believes that it's going to create a better country for Yeah, a more utopia for the next generation, yep. Um Yay. Which is kind of, which is which is a sort of a, a night. Um, I don't know his plan, but I am not for it. Well, thematically, it makes a lot of sense for the way this there's a generational aspect, obviously, to this series. And the idea that the Injustice Society represents the old generation thinking they know what's best for the next generation. And Courtney and the kids that she's going to recruit represent the next generation. And they're standing up and saying, no, we get to decide our own future. Right. And we're going to take the best of the past, right? We're going to carry on from the people that came before right. and, t- and learn from them. But we're not going to let them tell us what to do with our lives, yep. right? Like, that's the whole thing. So I feel like, and that's very much a Jeff Johns kind of setup for this mm-hmm. show. And I feel like that's that's a really strong thematic way to do it. And then you've got, you know, the kids of the um, Injustice Society. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, have seen Artemis in the background of a couple of shots. And then there's there's Cameron, Icicle's son. And I guess Fiddler Jr. is no, now no longer going to be a thing. But there's other kids out there, right, um, that could potentially mm-hmm. either help the heroes or... You know, follow in their parents' footsteps. Brainwave Junior, I guess, is obviously the other one that I'm forgetting, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I, I don't know, and then and then the the wildcat episode. Yeah, um, that takes, was so takes good. Yolanda and puts her in the wildcat. Explains Yolanda. First, the the montage in the very beginning that explains her backstory and why she's she became this quiet person, how she used to be at the forefront of her uh, um, of her class and doing good work and and a straight A student with every every road ahead of her, and then makes a mistake with the pictures. Like all of that was so briefly and deftly explaining her character and her backstory that we understand why she's sort of a recluse now. and then you have Stargirl reaching out the, the what is it, olive brand of friendship to her. And then the cat mask of friendship. Oh, the cat mask of friendship. <laughs> there's, a, there's a name. It's, um, it's a really nice, heartwarming episode. And I was very happy with it. I was very happy with their friendship. I thought it was very well earned. I thought when Yolanda stood up to her family, that was a really good and powerful scene. I think the actress is really fantastic because that slow, that, that, um, Man, her explanation and her vulnerability, the moment where she actually shares with Courtney what it all felt like and how much she's been carrying. It was it was a really good scene. It was a really good scene. And um, I really love the adventure that they went on. Wait, how long have you been doing this? A week? And do, who trained you? Um, Technically, then why am I listening to you? And then we get to see the appearance of the fiddler. Mm-hmm. which was yeah i mean yep. that raises some questions because she just walks in fiddles and walks out what was that all, what was all that about questions questions so now the two of them know um you know they're they're actually doing some investigating and i can't wait till it comes to a head with pat because he of course is going to flip out and then of course he's going to use the information because he's also garnered some information and what happened to the wizard's mom that's yeah, the big they, question at the end of the episode car into wow. a river or something i guess wow bad news bears bad and why how how much surveillance do they have because she was having a quick conversation with him and then she was leaving town i don't think it necessarily had anything to do with the fact that she talked to pat just that she was a loose end yeah how brutal is that i mean that sucks she She didn't do anything she could have created problems for them and she could have you know, even ten years down the line, she could have decided to. She talk might to not have even known anything. I mean, the, the, the his son. Well, didn't, Icicle didn't, didn't know, know how much she knew, and if he's going to kill the kid, the kid and the and, yeah. and his old friend, he would have no problem with killing this woman that he probably barely knew. So, <sighs> yeah, that's not that's not surprising. No. Um, and the cat. But yeah, so oh, I. Man, so I I don't think I've read a single comic that had the Yolanda Montez version of Wildcat in it, but I do know just from just from reading that they basically completely changed her up for this like it's That's the awesome. same name and mm-hmm. the same mantle but her backstory and so on hasn't like in the comics she like she had actual like claw powers and stuff oh. because she was a metahuman and all this other stuff and she didn't have the same mm-hmm. family background or any of that okay um so that so they changed her up but i mean that character was so there was a thing in the comics where there was like a second generation justice society there was like infinity incorporated which were the kids of the justice society and some some and so they were second generation but then there were other characters that came along later that like actually took over some of the mantles from the justice society but then the justice society like every five or ten years at dc for a for decades they would sort yeah. of like they'd fall out of favor and some editor would come along we don't need these old heroes or these old mantles anymore just kill them all off or send them off into limbo or whatever yep and then somebody like jeff johns would come along later dust them off and make them awful again but in one of those you know brush off so like oh let's just have eclipso kill all these new second generation jsa members so the new dr midnight um the new wildcat i think 
maybe one or two others that I'm forgetting, but at the very least, those two were killed off unceremoniously by Eclipso. Mm-hmm. And they were some of the few characters that never came back. That was maybe in the 70s or the 80s. And so for 30, 40 years, they never came back. But if you look closely in the um, final pages of uh, the final issue of Doomsday Clock, when Jeff Johns brought the JSA back, mm-hmm. the lineup of that team is very interesting because the old classic characters are there. Some of the new characters that he loves, like Stargirl, are mm-hmm. there. But the, what's, who, which Wildcat is in that roster? It's the Yolanda Montez Wildcat. And mm-hmm. it's the version of Dr. Midnight that we're going to see on this show. So mm-hmm. I think he knew when he was writing Doomsday Clock that these new that these versions of these characters, Dr. Midnight, Wildcat, Our Man, that we're going to see on this show that haven't been prominent for decades mm-hmm. are about to get a lot more exposure. And so he put them in the new JSA lineup in mm-hmm. Doomsday Clock. So it's cool that when we see... Well, and we really haven't seen... Yakeem Thunder showed up for like two issues of Teen Titans recently. Mm-hmm. And I, I know Jay is going to be showing up in some Flash stuff soon, but we really haven't seen the JSA since they were brought back in Doomsday Clock. But when we do, it'll be cool that it's a lineup which has got like classic characters and some of these new characters that people are going to get to know from Stargirl. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's a nice little bit of synergy there. And because he's writing both, he can do that, right? Yep. Um, so that's cool. But yeah, and, and so I think this is a cool version of this character. I mean... It's not like anybody was really beholden to the Olanda Montez version of Wildcat. It's not like yeah. you, you know, if you change Ted Grant, that's one thing because that character has been around for 80 years and, you know, everybody loves Ted Grant. But Yolanda Montez Wildcat was around for a few years and then she mm-hmm. was killed off and nobody missed her enough to even bring her back. And everybody comes back in superhero comics, right? She never did. Um, but he actually, I, I feel like he, he he's always had some affection for the character because in his JSA run, her brother, who you see briefly in this episode, actually mm-hmm. becomes a fairly important character um, in a variety of ways, which I won't spoil if we ever read his JSA stuff. So he's always been aware of the character and I think always sort of was interested in that aspect of... I mean, it's kind of interesting for... for you've, got, you've got the original characters like Jay and Alan and Ted, and you've got the new generation like Courtney and Yakeem and so on, but then you've got... You had this in you had this sort of middle generation, which was like a failed generation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it kind of lends an, an an interesting weight to the adventures of Courtney and characters like that when you know that it wasn't the first time that a bunch of younger people tried to pick up the mantles of the JSA. You know, mm-hmm. they, it's been tried before and it didn't go well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that that's something you don't quite get on this show because of the way that this world is set up. But in yeah. the comics, it was definitely the case. And so it lent that those adventures an interesting quality because you knew that it was like when Tim Drake became Robin. You're like, eh, this didn't work out so well for the last kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you skip straight from Dick to Tim, like the cartoons did, you don't quite get that same weight. You know right. what I mean? Um, I wonder if they're going to do something similar here. Not that they're going to kill off Yolanda or something like that, but I wonder if they'll maybe reveal... And the time time is sort of compressed, right? Because it's only been like seven or eight years since right. the JSA was killed. But it would be interesting if they if they eventually introduced, like, oh, there, there was this one other guy that, that tried to pick up mm-hmm. a mantle. I'd have to think about who would maybe make sense, to, which mantle it would maybe make sense to do that with. Maybe there was like somebody who tried to be Dr. Fate five years ago or something and mm-hmm. it didn't work out well. Bring up, bring back the Jared Stevens version of Fate. Nobody cares <laughs> about that guy. 
That was the guy who turned who he turned they turned Doctor Fate into like a punk, where the 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 helmet of Naboo instead was like this really cool like serrated dagger that he would like oh, stab people no. with. And he had like this red hair, and he was like this punk guy. What is yeah. that? Okay, um, that's funny. He died in the very first issue of oh, Jeff Johns no. and James, James Robinson's that's JSA run. It tells that's you how a much statement Jeff, piece. Tells, oh, geez. tells you how much he was beloved by. That was wow. Robinson that killed him off, not Johns, but still. Like, okay. The, the, he was not a very beloved version of that character. Bummer. So they could do something with him or something. But yeah, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. that, And then and the version of Dr. Midnight we're getting on this show is also the one that was killed by Eclipso. So it's kind of a rehab project for both of those mm-hmm. characters. And the version of Our Man we're getting is a variation on the Our Man that was around in that time too. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of we're kind of plumbing that sort of middle generation of characters instead of going straight to Courtney and Yakim, who was mentioned in this episode, which I'm surprised by. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll they'll introduce him eventually. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a, a ton of other you know younger characters they could bring in. Um, they could bring in Wildcat Son. They could bring in. I mean, eventually you start you know, Jade and Obsidian. I mean. It depends on how, how much you want to get into, oh, yeah, all those characters that died in the first episode, turns out they all have fully grown kids who mm-hmm. just never mentioned until season three or something like that. Like yeah. At a certain point, that would be ridiculous. But, man, if we saw Jade and Obsidian on TV, that yeah. would be so cool. <laughs> They've never been in live action before. And, and Obsidian has got this whole interesting thing where he, he came out at a certain point. And it was yeah. the whole thing with his father who was accepting, but his father was, like, born in 1910. So, it, you know, he's a little bit of an older generation. Yeah. Right? So it was... You know, but there were some interesting stories there. And then he was a supporting character in Kate Spencer's Manhunter book and was really awesome there. And he had a found a, it was, he had a love interest in that book. And then he actually joined the JSA in Jeff John's second run on JSA. Oh, cool. He's a, Alan and Obsidian, his son Todd, were both in the JSA together. And Wildcat and his son were both in the JSA together. And yeah, it was nice. That was when there were like 30 <laughs> JSA members. Oh, my goodness. It a real society. Oh, wow. And it built up to like the sequel to Kingdom Come that Alex Ross painted. Which, oh, my gosh. It was really awesome. Wait, anyway. do you have that painting? Do you know where the painting is? Oh, I want to well, see he, that painting. Uh, Alex uh, Ross's Alex painting. Alex Ross I painted, he did the covers for that run okay. and would do interior pages Ooh. as it would reflect things that had happened in Kingdom Come. And the Kingdom Come, this is my the, the, the version of Superman from Kingdom Come uh-huh. was thrown back in time and joined the JSA. So you had the awesome gray-templed, oh black-shielded uh, Kingdom Come Superman standing side by side with like Jay Garrick and Alan Scott in the Justice Dope. Society. And then you start to introduce more characters in the Justice Society that were like younger versions of characters that we saw as adults in Kingdom Come. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, this new guy, Magog, I'm not quite sure I get a good feeling about this guy. And then it builds into this this awesome, like, prequel, sequel to Kingdom Come, where you see not only events leading up to it, but also what happened after Kingdom Come in sequences that uh, that Alex Ross painted. Whoa. It was really interesting. It was like a 25. So Jeff Johns did, like, 70 issues on JSA and then went away for a few years, then came back and did, like, two more years. And it was that run that he basically collaborated with Alex Ross on a large part of it. And Alex wow. Ross was like co-plotting the issues and was doing painted pages. And Whoa. It was a really interesting sort of experiment. And for some, for Kingdom Come is his favorite comic of all time. It, it was like, oh, Jeff John's writing the JSA with Alex Ross painted Kingdom Come pages in there? That, That's <laughs> sure, crazy. Sure, I'll, I'll read that. Wow. Anyway, actually, there was a bit of a thing on Twitter recently. Alex Ross was making a bit of a stink because the... Um, I'm not sure what you want to call them, portraits or whatever, that are hanging in the Justice Society headquarters yeah. that Pat takes Courtney to. Yeah, they were. I recognize Those that. Those are, they're actors in suits. Yeah. But they're posed almost exactly and like. And lighted. The, uh, posed and lit almost exactly like the iconic yeah, Alex Ross <laughs> covers yep. from the JSA run that I just mentioned yeah. that he did with Jeff Johns. Yeah. And Alex Ross wasn't 
felt I, he, he's he's a bit of a crank sometimes. It's too bad because he's obviously his artist phenomenal. I know. But, um, he felt like he should have been credited or thanked or paid or something. I'm not quite sure what his grievance is, right. but he was making a bit of a stink about it on Twitter. And he does have a point in terms of like yeah, like the Alan Scott, the Jay Garrick on those. They're 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 like literally like okay. Pose the pose the actor or model yeah. or whoever they were in this costume so he looks exactly like this painting and then take the photo like that's clearly what right. they were doing yeah but it's Jeff Johns writing it and he worked with Alex Ross on that series I feel like he didn't draw those paintings but I feel like he has a certain amount of ownership over the iconography from that run too right, right? anyway it's a bit of a whole thing Alex Ross has got a bit of a history of biting the hand that feeds him and, oh, and, bur- and a little and elitism burning the bridges of people well, that that's he unfortunate with. I know that's like he unfortunate. and he and Mark Wade like. Just be nice, guy. You, you did it for a different project. It's done. He and Mark and... Wade broke up after Kingdom Come, and they each kind of did their own pseudo. So, like, oh. Alex Ross did the, the sort of sequel to Kingdom Come with Jeff Johns that I just mentioned. But then yeah. Mark Wade did his own semi-sequel to Kingdom Come uh-huh. called The Kingdom without Alex Ross. And oh, boy. He, you know, he's got yeah. a bit of a history of that. And he's like, I don't know. He's, a, he's like, if it's not the classic original versions of the characters or new versions that meet with my approval, then I, like, refuse to paint them. So he's like only painted Kyle Rayner once in like one poster. And he would like, you know what I mean? Because he's like, no, okay, it's got to be Hal Jordan or Alan Scott. You know what I mean? Like he's a bit of a, he grew up with, he grew up with the Super Friends cartoon and feels kind of, it's not so much elitism as it is just like, there's nothing. Well, well, find a different word. Well, it's not elitism. It's not like Hal Jordan is a more elite character than Kyle Rayner. It's just that sort of fanish nostalgia. I'm not saying, I know that. I'm saying that he's being the elitist. It's not saying that he's catering to a more elite um, Mm. um, character. He's. It's not even. It's not even a mark of quality. Like he, I think if you would ask him, he'd probably say that Hal Jordan is a better better character than Kyle Rayner. I think it's just a descriptor for somebody who puts their nose in the air. If it's not the version that I grew up with, I don't. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Well, yeah, and yeah. I mean, that kind of hoity-toity, I mean, I don't know what other adjective to use other than you're an elitist because you put your nose in the air and you're like, no, this is subpar and I shan't yeah, do but anything it's not, subpar. It's not like he thinks that the no. other characters are inferior. He just refuses. Doesn't he? <laughs> Doesn't he just he? refuses to, to have anything to do with them because they're not the versions that he likes. You know what I mean? He's just, he has a very narrow view of. I think maybe your your adjective of crank is probably the best yeah. one. Anyway. That's such a shame. I, I don't like hearing when people are like that. That's not nice. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. But it, it but the show continues to be great. So the next episode, if you don't mind a minor spoiler, the next episode is called um, Our Man and Doctor Midnight. Wee! So I think we're going to get new versions of those characters. <laughs> oh boy, too. yeah, that was oh. And the pink pen continues to be in the thing. With and his giggles. With the, yeah, he giggled like one time, and I don't understand what that's all about. But that's going to be great. I don't know well, why it didn't activate for her, but I don't know. What it's about. Well, kind of maybe. I mean, what's but, in that pen? A genie. Right, and the genie is giggling. Because he's mischievous. <laughs> oh, he's a mis- <laughs> oh, That's awesome. Well, Grant Morrison, in Grant Morrison's JLA run, oh, <laughs> which I believe Christ. I mentioned once or twice before, maybe actually Ding. established that Johnny Thunderbolt's Thunderbolt was not just a genie, he was a fifth dimensional imp, that he's from the same place as Mr. 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 Spitlick and Batmite. So if you want, if you want, a, if you want a, a conception of how of the power level we're talking about here, yeah, like that this little, is pen that's, genie. little pen that's in their bedroom is as powerful as Mister Mixer Spitlick, who could basically remake the whole universe if he wanted to. Okay, right? but be, but Whoa. he's a genie, and so like the, I guess the rules. I guess there's different categories okay. of imps or something, and okay. he, like he ha- he can only do what his 
like Clicker. master tells him to do and there's like a magic i think the the what grant morrison he got there by saying okay he's clearly all powerful and he's and he ha, and words have power over mm-hmm. him much in the same way that they do over mix of spit like sure. you have to make him say kill tipsy's in before he goes away yeah johnny thunder had to say a magic word uh-huh. before the thunderbolt would appear and do his thing yeah um so i guess morrison was like ah, oh, i can sort of like draw a line between those two and establish it and he did this whole thing where there was this also there was this evil imp don't know. There was like an oh, evil version of the bad. Thunderbolt. Okay. But the, the the whole arc had to do with colors and art. And the way they beat him was by, was by like the way that you can mix two colors of paint. Uh-huh. Um, they, they, they said a word that was the combination of the Other names words. of the two Thunderbolts. And so it merged the two Thunderbolts together Ooh. to create, you know, to, to the end er- the threat. Whoa, whoa, So cool. they, they, they like... You mix, cross the streams. The whole thing is the fifth dimension. Honey, is, they cross the streams. Well, because the fifth dimension is the <laughs> dimension of imagination, right? The fifth dimension is imagination mm-hmm. in, the, in the mixer mixer spit like conception, Ethos. right? Yeah, okay. So what is imagination? It's like, it's art. It's creativity, right? So mm-hmm. like Kyle Rayner is like, oh, I'm an artist. I can work with this. And so he had this idea, well, why don't we just combine them like colors, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what they are. And so you merge them together. And then artists after that that remembered would actually draw the Thunderbolt with a slightly darker hue because Ooh. he'd been merged with this other Thunderbolt. And he still had the classic Thunderbolt's personality, but, you know, right. they did it in such a way that, oh, he, they were, like, combined together. Who's who? Johnny Thunderbolt, what's his What's his full name? What's his kid name? What's his, you know, normal well, it's Johnny Thunder name? and the Thunderbolt. Johnny oh. Thunder has no superhero name. His name is Johnny Thunder, and the Thunderbolt oh. is the name of the Thunderbolt. Well, so then why did you giggle with absolute utter glee when uh, Mike, Pat's son, wanted to invite... Whoever the kid's Yakeem? name was. Although Yakeem. he sounded like he said Jakeem, which I guess is maybe also... I've always thought it was pronounced Yakeem, right? Yakeem, yeah. Like, I, I don't know how it's spelled, well, it, so I don't know. like a basketball player, like Jakeem Abdul-Jabbar or something? Yeah. Like is it pronounced with a hard J or a, or J. a Y sound? I've it's heard it. It's pronounced with a Jakeem? Uh, yeah, but then again, it's always come out know. of maybe a I've just Maybe I've been pronouncing mouth, Yakeem so. wrong all these years. I mean, so but anyway, what was your question? Why did I giggle when he said... Because he's Johnny yeah. Thunder's successor in the comics. He gets oh. that he get, he's the new master of the Thunderbolt. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, and right, then, right. Of course. Then I'm there was such an awesome thing. Person, then yeah. there was an awesome thing in Jeff Johns' run later where Johnny came back. He was he wasn't dead. He was just the old and senile, kind of like he was in Doomsday Clock. Oh. But he came back and he died. But the Thunderbolt couldn't bear to see his master have like seventy years go. Yeah. yeah. And so he merged with him. And so Johnny got to live. Johnny and the Thunderbolt became one being, Johnny Thunderbolt, who looked like the same pink genie, but had Johnny's little bow tie. And it was like a merging of their personalities. So they got to live on as one entity. Oh. <laughs> and so I, and so, and when Yakim showed up in Teen Titans yeah. last month, I'm yeah. like, okay, does this writer know his stuff or not? <laughs> and they had a thing where Yakim called the Thunderbolt Johnny. And I'm like, okay, good. That's still <laughs> canon. Because that was such an awesome story where Johnny, because it was a thing where Johnny turned evil for a while, and he oh. was using the he used the Thunderbolt to make himself young again, and yeah. he turned the world into like this 1984 dystopia. I'm like, why is he doing all this? Yeah, and then you discover that the ultra humanite had oh. replaced Johnny's brain with his own, and basically had killed Johnny Thunder. Oh my gosh! Oh but no. then at the end of this, they tried to undo it. They set history right, but Johnny was still dying, and then yeah. they did this thing where the Thunderbolt was like, "No, I won't let this happen." Yeah, and he was basically giving up his own. Thunderbolt was basically giving up his own existence because yeah. when he merged with Johnny, Johnny kind of became the dominant personality, but right. he was willing to do this because this person had been his master for seventy years and had always treated him so well. Right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway. Wow. So that's why it's Jakeem and not Johnny in the current comics, because Johnny, you know, got old and senile, and he accidentally gave his pen away when he was signing autographs. This, oh, no. He accidentally gave his pen away <gasps> to this kid who just like was there, happened to be there at the nursing home visiting mm-hmm. a sick relative or something, and yeah. this kid, the, Jakeem, didn't know what the heck to do with this thing, and it 
turned out it had this all-powerful genie in there. And so the JLA and the JSA had to kind of corral this kid and teach him what to do with it. And then yeah. he joined the JSA, but he was this snot-nosed punk who didn't want to be there. And Courtney had to take him under her wing. Her wing, because yeah. at this point, she kind of had more experience. And she's like, I was where you were right. a few years ago. Kid, yeah. let me show you the ropes. And so that was a great relationship. Aww. And then he grew into it, and he became really cool. And, you know, then yeah. this whole thing happened where Johnny came back, and he said he wanted the pen back. He told Yakeem, I would never want a successor like you. You're a disgrace. But then he'd already been replaced by the Ultra Humanite, and that's why he was saying oh, these things. Oh, okay. And then he created this whole dystopia, and then... Right, and then the dystopia, and then the, the Thunderbolt, and then... Anyway. The successor. Okay. Read Jeff, read Jeff John's wow. JSA run and Grant Morrison's JLA run. Jeez. Okay. Wow. That's whew, that's a lot. Um, anyway. Yeah. So is that it? Yep. That's it. <laughs> wow no kidding um so yeah so if you want to reach out to the show we have an email address mailbag at smartspodcast.com our twitter handle is at smartspodcast on facebook we are facebook.com slash smartspodcast and our website is www.smartspodcast.com um how about a funny sound for us i don't have one um okay well instead of a funny sound i'll do this that's a dolphin oh very good but um, I also wanted to add another word is that usually we don't get political on this show and we just like to be, you know, two people sharing our love of podcasts and, um, sorry, uh, comics and shows and everything else with everybody in the world. But right now, silence is really doing a lot of damage. So we just want to say, go out and read something, go out, be part of the solution because the world is in a lot of pain and it's been unfair for a very long time. And if you're not doing something, even a small something to help, then you're actually causing a lot of hurt. So please go out and be a hero, read an article, share an article, talk to your families, find some books, um, donate to a good cause, make a protest sign, go out and do some good because the time is now to make a better world for our kids. Okay. So with all the love in our hearts, um, have a great week and don't stop being good. I agreed. Bye. <laughs>